Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Father, we thank you, Lord, we thank you for another day and another opportunity to come before you to hear your word. Spirit of God, I avail myself as a vessel. I ask, O oh God, that you use me and let your spirit, let that treasure fill me. I pray, Lord, that your word shall proceed and it shall accomplish its purpose. Let our lives not be the same again tonight. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Wonderful. Our children are doing very well. It's amazing. You know? And there's a thing about children, you know, the, how they yearn to do certain things. You know, all week they've been talking about this and they're so excited that today we are going to play. You see, and making every effort, please, today let us drive fast. <laughs> the stress they put on you because I have to be in my father's house to do this thing. Oh, that's why God says that unless you become like little children. It's amazing. Wonderful. Well, tonight, um, by the grace of God, I believe we can um, conclude the series of messages that we've been preaching in the last few weeks about time, times, and timing. Hallelujah. How many of you have been blessed from this message. Ajoa, have you been blessed from this message? We thank God. Um, those of you who have not been here, those of you who were not here when we started sharing, the messages are on the podcast. And um, I encourage you to listen. You know, these days, I don't, it doesn't matter to me at all if you don't come to church. Because um, I have realized that you are not the only ones that I'm preaching to. You know, there's so many people who are listening to their messages on the podcast. Kobe, isn't that so? Worldwide. You know, they are listening all over the world. And um, people are being blessed by the messages. You know, somebody sent me a message and um, it was just amazing. Somebody... um, sharing with me how he's been blessed by the messages and people look forward for the message you know they look forward they look forward to when the next one is coming and they're waiting for it to listen to it and they don't they have never seen me before you see and you are here and you are you don't want to come you see and that is how the things of god are 
you see that is how it is but people are being blessed and so i'll go on preaching amen i'll keep on i'll keep on preaching amen yeah i i'm not gonna stop and um in the past, I used to get very sad when you don't come to church. But I've realized that we have a worldwide church. I've realized that our ministry has gone far. Hallelujah. And so we are preaching. So sometimes when I am sharing something and you are, it doesn't apply to you here, it's okay. Do you understand? Other people are receiving powerfully. Do you understand? And um, it's, it's a good thing. Hallelujah. So tonight we want to conclude the message that we've been sharing. I, um, I, was, um, I was communicating with um, our sister Irene. And it's just so amazing what the Lord is using her to do while she's in school. You know, it's just so amazing. Maybe one day I'll get her permission and I'll, I'll play some of the things from their church, church that she had started, do you understand, with some few other people, and she's ministering powerfully to them, preaching powerfully, and as I was listening, this afternoon I was listening to her message, and I was so blessed, amen, she sent me a message, and I was listening to it, I was so blessed. I said, wow. I'll share with you. If I get um, the copyright, then I'll share the message with you if I get the permission. Amen. So, I believe that pastors and lady pastors are being born from this church. Wonderful. So, time, times, and timing. And um, by the grace of God, we may be able to conclude the message today. How many of you can say truly that this message has changed your understanding of the things of God? Powerful. God bless you. Perry. Wonderful. You can say that your walk with God has changed, has come to a certain level. Amen. You see, when you, um, the reason why I feel this message is very important is when you understand the times, when you understand when you understand the seasons, when you understand how God operates, it makes your walk with him firmer. You see, there's a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, therefore, therefore, be ye steadfast, be ye steadfast and movable. Be ye steadfast and movable in what? In the things of God, in your work with God, he says, always abounding. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. You see, the words that are being used here mean someone who has gotten certain understanding. Someone who has come to a stage where he's not going to be moved by anything. Do you understand? So, it is important to understand how God operates. If you are working with someone, or if you are living with someone, or you are moving with someone, and you understand how the person operates, it is so easy to move with a person. Do you see? It is so easy to move with a person. 
if you understand why this person, every morning, she or he puts this thing here. As much, if you come to understand, you see, maybe this thing, when it's here, it bothers you. Do you see? When it's here, it bothers you. But the moment you come to that understanding, why the person puts it here, then you realize it doesn't bother you anymore. But if you don't understand, you think that the person has put it here just to annoy you. Do you see? Because it, what it does is, originally, it annoys you. Do you see? But once you understand the reason why the person has it here, then it doesn't annoy you anymore. Then you realize, oh, he didn't put it here to annoy me. There's a reason why it is here. So, so you come to understand that there's a reason why God has withheld this thing from you. He says, be ye steadfast. You see, now you have come to understand that he operates in seasons. He says, be ye steadfast, unmovable. He says, therefore, now, now that you have this understanding, now that you have this wisdom, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord or in the labor of the Lord. Now, when we talk about labor, it talks about something that brings tiredness. Look at that scripture in the Amplified Version. Do we have that? It says, it says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, be firm, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That means always being superior, excelling, excelling. You are superior. No matter how you feel, no matter how tired you are, it says always let it be superior, excel. You are tired, but you are playing the drums as if you have, it's, you, are, you, are, you are not tired. Hallelujah. Sometimes you come to the house of God and you want everyone to see that you made a lot of effort to come here. You are looking sleepy, so, so we know that you, listen, you close from work, do some nice makeup before you come. We know you cannot go home and take a shower, but sometimes you come and sit here so we know that you are being tired and you have come. Oh. Meanwhile, meanwhile, if, meanwhile, if you had closed from work and you were going to meet your beloved... Is it true or not true? If you had closed from work and then someone or somebody says, somebody says, oh, somebody has told you there, he's introducing you to this person. You know, we, I, I'm, I'm trying to introduce you to this person and the person, you know, you are going to meet, I have arranged that you are meeting in this restaurant after work at 7 p.m., you know, and just be there and just talk. I don't think after you have worked all day, you are tired. Even if you are a cleaner in a hospital, you are, you, 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 you are a security guard in your uniform, you are wet, or you are a nurse in your scrubs, after you are done, you try and go to the bathroom quickly and change into something nice and do your hair, isn't that so? And do your makeup. You will carry your makeup to work. Your best makeup, isn't that so? You will take your perfume to work, isn't that so? That day when you are going, you probably may take your nicest dress with you. Or you will wear one of your nicest dress. True or not true? 
Because you are going to meet someone that you love or someone that you potentially want to attract you. So you see, if you treat God as your beloved, if you treat God as your beloved, you will always come in his presence excelling. You will always come in his presence in your best of mood. Hallelujah. Your boss has annoyed you all day, but as you come, as you are coming to meet your beloved at the restaurant, you are not coming with a squeezed face. And you are not coming that the, that the man will know that you have an attitude. Oh no. You will never let him know that you have you will never you will never let him know that you have an attitude. That the man will realize that hey, if somebody annoys you, this is how you behave. Oh. You will stand in front of the mirror, try this smile, and see, and then you try another one with your teeth, um, and then you'll be taking selfies to analyze your smile. <laughs> Isn't that so? <laughs> taking selfies, and then you. You, you go through them. You go through them and you pick this one. So as you are going, you are practicing that one. All along the way. Because you are going to meet your beloved. And that is how we have to treat God. Amen. He says, he says excelling, excelling. Always being superior. That means that whatever it is that you have been assigned to do for God, learn to always be superior in it. If it is the drum that you are playing, you learn, you go on the, online and then look at, look at bands, look at when they have a concert, and look at great drummers, do you see? Look at great drummers and steady them, steady their hands. Look, because you want to excel for your God, you want to be superior. Being superior means that you are higher than a lot of you are you are you are on top. Excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord. Doing more than enough. Not just give your enough. There are some of you you like work that is easy. You anything that they're giving you that is difficult, you don't want to do it. There's something that I learned from Bishop. He says. Learn to do difficult things. If you want to go higher, learn to do difficult things. Because that is the thing that a lot of people cannot do. If they want, they want people and they want someone who is better, they will take the one who does more than all the others. Isn't that so? If you are all doing the same thing, then it'll be, they can choose anyone and it does not make any difference. But if you are doing more than the others, you stand out. Yes. He says, always abounding. Knowing, knowing, now that you know his ways and understand his ways. He says, knowing and being continually aware that your labor, your labor, your labor is, labor means tiredness. Labor means fatigue. Labor means you can be tired. So he knows that it's labor, but he says, be superior, be excelling. Knowing that your labor in the Lord is not futile. It is never wasted or to no purpose. It is never wasted. Your presence here is never wasted. The service to the Lord is never wasted. 
It is not a waste of time. Your coming to church is never a waste of time. I want you to understand that. That your time that you spend for the sake of the Lord is never a waste of time. It's just a matter of time and you will see. It's just a matter of time. Hallelujah. It's just a matter of time. So we have been learning all these things about the Lord. We've been learning so many things about time. We said we're going to learn seven things and I think we have. The first one, what did we say? We said time was created by God. Time was created by God. Second one. Time was meant to be a blessing and not a curse. Time was meant to be a blessing and not a curse. There are some people that time becomes a curse to them. There are certain women that time becomes a curse to them. When they see time is moving, they see, I am 30, I am 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 37. You see, then you are afraid. You are very nervous. You are very jittery. You know, 37 and I don't have a beloved. 37, I don't know who I'm going to marry. 37, I don't have my children. And you are nervous. Don't let time make you take certain decisions. That God did not create time to bring us a curse. Hallelujah. Uh, Your consciousness of your age, that you are at this age, should not bring you a curse. It should not make you do anything evil. Amen. Amen. It should not make you do anything. It should not push you to take certain decisions. Hallelujah. Time is not meant to be a curse. What is the third one? Every natural time has a corresponding spiritual time. And the fourth one, time is a signal for what? Change of purpose. Time is a signal for change of purpose. Number five, a lot of what? God operates in seasons and cycles. Some people are reading different notes. God operates in seasons and cycles. Don't write anything that I didn't give you. Don't write in. in this. And the sixth one. Oh, okay. So that is, okay. So we talked about the different kinds of seasons. So the sixth one was the time or season of trouble. The time or season of trouble. Hallelujah. And we talked so much about that. And then last week, I think we talked about the time of visitation. Hallelujah. The time of visitation. Amen. We talked about the time of visitation. And we said, everyone will have his time of visitation. Amen. We said that by all means, the time of trouble will also come to an end. Whatever situation that you are in, you can guarantee that it is not a state of permanency. There is nothing that is permanent. Nothing has come to stay and will not change. Everything will change. Hallelujah. It is just a matter of time. Amen. It is just a matter of time. And we read a scripture in Psalm 1 and verse 1. I want us to read that again. I believe... It is a scripture that summarizes our message. 
and it puts all things in perspective. Psalm 1 and verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And last week we explained that there's a difference between the counsel of the ungodly and ungodly counsel. Isn't that so? We said there's a difference. You, when you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, it means you take counsel or you take advice from ungodly people. And the Bible says that such a person is not blessed. Such a person is not blessed. Hallelujah. So if, it may be even your mother who is ungodly or your father who is ungodly, that person should not be the one you run to for counsel. Am I advising somebody? I didn't write the scriptures. I didn't write it. It says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So if you reverse it, what does it mean? Cursed is the man that walketh in the counsel of the ungodly. So sometimes you see a young woman and you are seeking counsel and the person that is counseling you, the person that is advising you is a very ungodly person. Very, very ungodly. And you see, there are certain things that may sound reasonable and may sound nice, but it is not the wisdom of God. It's not spiritual. Do you understand? It is not spiritual. And it may sound nice. It may sound reasonable. It may sound like a good thing to do, but it is not spiritual. Hallelujah. You know, there's a scripture in James, James chapter 3, James chapter 3, verse 15. Let's look at that quickly. James chapter 3, verse 15. It says, this wisdom descended not from above. This wisdom descended not from above, but it is what? It's earthly. It's sensual. It is earthly. It is a wisdom here from the earth. It is a worldly wisdom. It is sensual. You are talking out of your feelings. You are not, you are, it's not spiritual. It's just sensual, the way you feel, out of your emotions, out of your anger. Hallelujah. You are talking from emotions. You say, listen, as for a woman, when you go into a marriage, don't give all yourself. Don't put all your heart into the marriage. It's a sensual and it's, 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 it's earthly wisdom. Because, you see, it's based on your experience. It's based on your experience with your own marriage. And so you are advising your child, your daughter, and you say, if you get into a marriage, don't put all your heart into the marriage. Put one leg in the marriage and let one leg so that you... You, 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 you see, and you see, when someone sits you down and someone is talking to you like this, it sounds like it is it's wise. It sounds like it's reasonable. And the person will give you his or her personal experience. Give you all men are the same. Listen, don't let any man lie to you. All men are the same. Who told you that? All men are the same. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And so, you see, it's a sensual. 
It is sensual out of your emotions, out of your earthly experience. And you are talking like that. And such are some of our parents also. And that is why it says it's a curse when you seek counsel from the ungodly. That is not a godly counsel. You see, your parents have very bad marriages. Some of your parents had very bad experiences in marriage. Because, you see, their marriages were not guided by the word of God. Marriage is not a creation of man. Marriage is not a, a, some, some traditional thing among some traditional people. Marriage is not an, an European thing. Marriage is not, an, it's not from any other... Marriage is from God. God is the one that created marriage. Hallelujah. I say God is the one that created marriage. And so if someone gets into this institution called, called marriage... You are entering into marriage and you do not know God. You do not have God. You can never make this institution. You can never succeed. You can never be happy in this relationship called marriage. Amen. In the world, in the world, they have boyfriends and girlfriends. And it works. And you see, and you are happy. When he's a boyfriend and a girlfriend, he opens the door for you. He buys you flowers. You are eating in his car and things are falling. He says, oh, it's okay. Oh, it's okay. Oh, don't worry. You don't know. You don't know. This man, he takes his car to the cleaner. He takes the car to the car wash every week. Three times, sometimes two times a week. And you are eating in it and it's dropping and he's going, oh. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. He says, all my things are in my head. You, you have, it's your time now. It's okay. And so, so, it works. It works. In the world, it works. It's your boyfriend. It works. It's your boyfriend. It works. It's your boyfriend. So, all the time, he's all over you. He's, he's, he wants you. All over you. Like that. You see? And you think, oh, oh. You are the only mosquito in my net. And then you also, you are happy. So, she says, he says all these things to you. He says, he says all these things to you. I'll give you my heart and use battery. He says, look, look, all that I want you to do, you just, just, just live, just live. Leave all the thinking to me. Live. You, 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 your, your responsibility is just to live. You see? And she's giving you all these compliments. And so you, you, you come home and then you are so happy. You jump on your bed and then you toss. <laughs> and then you wiggle your legs in the sky. You see, hey, is this me? Is this me? You have no idea. You have no idea what you are getting yourself into. You have no idea. Let me continue my message because uh, finish. to finish, you have no idea what you are getting yourself into. Amen. And you are happy. You are happy. Amen. 
you get to your bed, you get to your apartment, you take your scarf and then you throw it out. And then nobody is there. You are doing certain walking. You are so happy walking around. You have no idea. If the man does not know God, if the man does not love God, don't make any attempt to enter into this agreement called marriage because he has no idea. There is a guidance. There's a special instruction, special instruction, special tools for this thing called marriage. And it's in the word of God. So if this man does not know the word of God, he's not the kind of man that you want to enter into this agreement with. You will be very, very miserable. You will be very miserable. Hallelujah. Amen. Am I preaching to somebody this evening? So he says that this wisdom descended not from above, but is earthly, is sensual, and is devilish. It is devilish. Taking counsel from the ungodly, this wisdom is not from above. It is devilish. Then the next verse, he says, For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Now, such counseling, it brings confusion. And you see that such people are your counselors. You talk to such people, there's always confusion in your home. There is always confusion in your home. But try godly counsel. Try, look at the next scripture. It says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure. It's first pure. It says, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated. You see, the ungodly counsel, you go and sit and, uh, this is what he has done to me. He told me this. He said this. And I found this in his wallet. And then he says, Kya! Why are you sitting there? Let him treat you like that. Don't let him treat you like that. You, you should now pick up yourself. Put yourself together. Go out. Do this. Do that. Do this. Do that. You see? Let him see that other men also like you. Once he sees that other men like you, he will change. You see? That is, that, that counsel. You see? You see? He says the wisdom that is from above is pure. It's gentle. It's peaceable. When you seek godly counsel, it brings peace in your home. Hallelujah. It brings peace in your home. He says, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. But the worldly counsel is full of partiality. It's full of partiality. You see, a lot of, a lot of people, you see, you are, you are a young man, you are married, and your wife is complaining, you are like this, you are like that, you are like this. And then, you see, you don't, other people will see you as a nice person. Do you see? Your sisters, your sisters, for instance, you know, they see you as a nice brother. How come this woman is treating you like this? And how come this woman is always complaining? And they are partial because they don't know how you treat this woman. They don't know how beastly you are at home. And you are just a brother. You know, you are just a brother and brothers and sisters. What? You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you hear people say, oh, you know, 
at work, I, you know, everyone likes me. You know, my work people, the way they treat me, they like me. Nobody has complaints about me. Nobody has said one thing about me before. But anytime I come home, you have something to say and you are not happy and this and that. You see, the relationship at work is different from the relationship at home. <laughs> Do you understand? That relationship is different. You are at work. How many times are you at, ho- at home that you have your suit and your tie on? Do you see? So, you see, when you go to work, they see this nice gentleman with your suit and your tie and everyone. You see, and a lot of times, too, when you are wearing a suit and a tie, you can misbehave a lot. <laughs> Do you understand? You can, you can misbehave. One day, <laughs> we went for a meeting and we were rushing to go to the airport and I, have, I had the... The, the pastoral collar on, you know, the clergy collar, and I was wearing it, you know, and as I was rushing with my things and getting my baggage, and right, as I realized, hey, a pastor should not be, <laughs> a pastor should not be rough with his baggage like that, <laughs> you see, he says, <laughs> quickly, I, oh, you know, <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I forgot sometimes, you know, at the other day we were going to a wedding and I had to dress like that and I forgot. You know, because every time we come to a stop, you see people, <laughs> the way they greet you and, you know, the way they nod their head, you know, even at the gas station, the way they, uh, I said, uh, you, you forget that you are wearing the, say, ah, what's going on here? <laughs> you see? So, you see, you are at work and you are nicely dressed and people are relating to you in that manner. But when you are home, you are in your boxer shorts, broken and torn t-shirts and you are so rough. So, you can't compare that to your behavior at home. Hallelujah. So, it says, it is without hypocrisy. Amen. It is without hypocrisy. And the next scripture says what? It says, and the fruit of the righteousness, a fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Hallelujah. So when you have trouble in your marriage, don't seek counsel from the ungodly. So he says, this man, he walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. He does not stand in the way of sinners. And nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. He does not sit with people who mock people. People who are mockers. They mock pastors. There are some people, they just like to mock pastors. They just like to say all sorts of things about pastors. And that's the people that you sit with all the time. Avoid. He says, the blessed man, the man who is blessed, he does not sit in the seat of the scornful. Take this scripture seriously. Sometimes it is best for you to afford, just go into your pocket and take money and Take the bus or take the train or take the cab. Instead of sitting in someone's car where they are scornful. The conversation is scornful. Amen. Mockers. Sometimes you, you, are, you are causing curses upon yourself. When, you see, the scripture did not say that he is joining the conversation. Knowing that these are mockers and always sitting in their seat, you are not blessed. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and his, de- and his law that he meditate day and night. 
And he shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so. Hallelujah. You see, so this man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, who does not take advice from evil men, who does not sit in the seat of the scornful, he can only bring forth fruit in his season. Hallelujah. In his season. You see, there are certain conversations that when after you have subjected yourself to it for a while, it changes you. Do you understand? It changes you. There's a scripture in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I believe it's verse 33. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33. It says, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Evil communication, it corrupts good manners. So you find someone who is always nice. Oh, hello, please. May I help you? You know, oh, thank you. Oh, is there anything that I can do for you? Someone that comes to say hello to you all the time. Very nice, treating you nicely. The moment you see the person now has different manners, bad behavior, evil manners, corrupt manners, then you realize that the person has been having communication with someone who is evil. Am I speaking? You see, Eve, he, she was having nice communication with God. Nice, you know, God will come and then he will fellowship with them. God will come and they are together, you know, fellowshipping. God brought her to Adam. Do you see? But then he had, he had communication with an evil person. And it changed her manners. When God came, now she's hiding. You know, when you have conversation with evil people, you see that when you see the person that you are always saying hello to, when you see the person now, you want to find another place so that the person does not even meet you for you to say hello, for you to greet the person. When God came, she was hiding. And God said, what has happened? How, who has spoken to you? And immediately God knew that she has had conversation with someone. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. But this man, he doesn't do that. And even such a person, the Bible says he brings forth fruit only in his season. Only in his season. Only in his season. Say, my season. My season. My season. My season. My season. It will come. And I will bring forth fruit. In my season. My own season. It's coming. Tell your neighbor, my season is different from your season. When my season is here... You see me shining. You see, you see me prospering. You see good things around me. You will see daylight around me. But don't be jealous. Your season will come soon. Your season will also come. By all means. Your season will also come. Hallelujah. Amen. Why should I be worried that you are married and I'm not married? Oh, it is your season. Go ahead and marry. We will make your wedding. I will be, you want me to be one of your, your, your bridesmaids? Oh, by all means. Maid of honor, yes. You want me to be your best man? I will be. I am single still. I will be your best man because I know, I know that my season is also coming. I know that my season is coming. Yes. My season is also coming. 
I know that. I know that this God that I serve, there is nothing, my singlehood, single life is not forever. It's not going to be like this forever. Amen. It's not going to be like this forever. He brings forth fruits in his own season. Amen. Wonderful. So, we began, we talked about, a lot about time of visitation. We say that every Christian will have his own time of visitation. Amen. So, the people of Israel missed their time of visitation. And Jesus said, the reason, is, the reason why they have lost their peace is because they did not know the time of visitation. And I think every Christian should pray for that. Endeavor that God will reveal to you your time of visitation. Endeavor seek that you find your time of visitation. And we share that the time of visitation, sometimes it is very benign. It has no significance. There is no magnificent things about it. There is no special characteristics to it. There is no uniqueness to the time of visitation. So be on the lookout for your time of visitation. Hallelujah. Be on the lookout for your time of visitation. Amen. Last um, Friday, there was someone that I spoke to during the day. And I was sharing certain things with this person. And I was almost preaching to the person. I almost preached to the person, a whole message. Now, when the person has never come to turning point service before. And then the person told me, tonight I'm coming for the turning point service. When the person came for the turning point service, the same message was preached to her. The same message was preached to her. The same scriptures that I was quoting, the same scriptures were used to preach to her. And then she, she was amazed. And I said, God is speaking to you. Your time of visitation will also come. Hallelujah. Your time of visitation. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So I think we, we, we shared some few things from John chapter 5 and verse 1 to 9 about the, um, the impotent man by the pool of Bethsaida. Hallelujah. Amen. I want us to share uh, another story from Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 and verse 5. Luke chapter 1 and verse 5. Let's read from the Amplified Version. Luke chapter 1 and verse number 5. It says, In the days when Herod was king of Judea, there was a certain priest whose name was Zechariah of the daily service, the division of Abia. And his wife was also a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they both were righteous in the sight of God. Do you see? The man and the woman were both righteous in the sight of God. It's not like the man was a Christian from the priestly line and the woman was some way or the opposite. He says they were both righteous in the sight of God, not in the sight of man. Walking blamelessly in all the commandments of and requirements of the Lord. Does it sound like the man who was describing Psalm 1 and verse 1? You see, but, say but. Say but. He says, but they had no child. They had no child. 
For Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Do you see? Now, does it look like, you see, when you read this scripture, does it look like they didn't want a child? They wanted a child. Because then they wouldn't have known that Elizabeth was barren. They say that, but they had no child, for Elizabeth was barren. And both were far advanced in years. They were old. Now, while on duty, while on duty, you know, on duty means it's your turn for the activities. It's your turn for the work. You are on duty. That means it is scheduled. Something has been scheduled and it is just has gotten to your turn. So, it's so routine. You are on duty, your routine duty. He says, now while on duty, serving as priest before God in the order of his division. That's just a normal portion in order of his company, the division. That is what he's assigned to him. It's just a regular day. As was the custom of the priesthood. It was just their custom. The man he has prayed about this issue ah, for many years. Now he just goes to church, you know, and then he comes. When it's time for his duty, he goes, perform his duties, and he comes home. So this time he says, as was the custom of the priesthood, it fell to him by lot to enter the sanctuary of the temple of the Lord and burn incense. It's nothing new. And all the throng of people were praying outside in the courts at the hour of incense burning. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord in the hour of incense burning. It was not any special time. It was not during the laying on of hands. It was not during the pouring of oil. It was just in the hour of the incense burning, in the, just as the part of the service. Hallelujah. Just the part, as part of the service. Amen. There are so many parts of the service that will be your time of visitation. I said there's so many parts of the service that will be your time of visitation. So he says, at the time of the incense burning, and there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled. Was Zechariah expecting an angel to be there? He wouldn't have been troubled. He wouldn't have been troubled. Cornelius, he was in his room just praying. He was just praying. And then he turned, and an angel was there. And he says, the thing that you have been doing all the time, just the routine things of, you know, let's give offering and you take your phone and you are texting and you are giving. Oh, second offering and you are giving. Oh, you are tight and you are paying. He says, these things have just suddenly, he says, they have appeared before God and an angel has come to visit you. So this man was doing his routine. He says, and when Zachariah saw him, he was troubled. And fear took possession of him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zachariah. Because your petition was heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. And you must call his name John. Meaning God is favorable. He says, your petition has, was heard. Your petition is heard. The prayers, suddenly, he says, it's heard. The prayers, did God not hear your prayers before? I believe that God heard his prayers all the while. 
Do you think, do you think the man was praying at that time for a child? Hallelujah. I believe that a lot of times when they went for the prayer, this type of meeting, and they, 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 they were praying, he was on his knees begging for the Lord when he was a young man. He was expecting God to move at that time. He was expecting that there will be a season at that time. Do you see? But I don't think that this time he was praying for that. He must have given up. Because we will see in the scripture. He says, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your petition was heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. And you must call his name John. You must call his name John, for God is favorable. The next scripture. And you shall have joy and exultant delight. I say, when your time of visitation comes, you will have joy and you will have delight. Hallelujah. You will have joy. I said, the day of trouble will end. Your day of trouble will end. And your time will also come and you have joy. He says, says, and you shall have joy and exultant delight. And many will rejoice over his birth. For he will be great and distinguished in the sight of the Lord. And he must drink no wine, nor strong drink. And he will be filled with the controlled, with, he will be filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Even and it, from his mother's womb. Wow. What a child. The man whose wife was barren. The man who has prayed for many years and he was not receiving. Look at the blessing that is coming. I say the day of trouble will end. And your day of visitation will also come. So he says. And he will turn back and cause to return many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. And he he himself will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn back the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedience and an incredulous and unpersuadable to the wisdom of the upright, which is the knowledge and holy love of the will of God, in order to make ready for the Lord to a people. He says, in order to make ready for the Lord a people perfectly prepared in spirit, adjusted and disposed, and placed in the right moral state. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, this son could not have been born any other time. It is the God who works in seasons. He has his own time. And so, yes, they say, oh, Elizabeth was barren. Elizabeth was barren. But it was a time that was appointed for this to happen. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? So, you see, the child that Elizabeth was going to have couldn't have happened the time that the husband was praying for it. Because she, he was supposed to be born a time that he was coming to prepare a people who were ready for the Lord. He ought to be born at a time he, because the Holy Spirit was going to visit Mary at a certain time. And Elizabeth has to stay in that state. Elizabeth has to stay without a child until six months before God visits Mary. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? So, he says, the next scripture, he says, And Zechariah said to the angel, 
By what shall I know and be sure of this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Do you see the man was not praying for a child at this stage? He said, I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel replied to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. And I have been sent to talk to you and to bring you this good news. This evening, I have been sent to come to you to bring you this good news that your time of visitation is also here. I say your time of visitation is also here. I have been sent and I am bringing you this good news that the day of trouble is ended and your time of visitation is here. He says, now behold, you will be and will continue to be silent and not able to speak till the day when these things take place because you have not believed what I told you. But, listen to this. He said, but my words are of a kind which will be fulfilled in the appointed and proper time. Wow. 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 In the appointed and proper time. So people may prophesy over you and say so many things to you, but your time of visitation, it is appointed and for a proper time. Hallelujah. It's it's appointed and for a proper time. Amen. It's appointed and for a proper time. Now the people kept waiting for Zechariah and they were wondered at his delaying so long in the sanctuary. But when he did come out, he was unable to speak to them. And they clearly perceived that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. And he kept making signs to them until he remained dumb. And when his time of performing priestly functions was ended, he returned to his house. Now, after, after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant. And for five months, she secluded herself entirely saying i have hid myself because thus the lord has dealt with me in the days when he designed when he when he deigned to look on me to take away my reproach amongst men hallelujah there's a day that god has designed to take away your reproach i said there's a day that god has designed to take away your reproach and they will come and they will rejoice with you hallelujah Amen. 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 There is a day that is appointed unto you. Do not miss your day of visitation. Do not miss your time of visitation. It may not come in a form that you expect it. He says that we have this treasure in earthen vessel. And sometimes when it comes, you don't receive it. You, don't, you are not expecting that this is how it should come. But the treasure is sometimes is in an earthen vessel. Hallelujah. It is an earthen vessel. And the scripture says, it says that unless you receive the one and say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, you will not see me. You will not see me. Hallelujah. Let us read one in Psalm, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 16. 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 16. We can continue reading in the Amplified Version. It says, the ark of the Lord came into the city of David. Now, you remember when David had brought his company as they were bringing the ark to the city of David. So, it says, as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, David's wife, looked out of the window 
and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in, his, in her heart. She despised him in her heart. Hallelujah. It says, they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent which David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. When David had finished offering the burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name and presence of the Lord of hosts. He blessed them. There was a feast. Michal didn't come down. She was in, in the window looking at how the king was dancing. And the, David was so happy that they had finally been able to move the ark to the city of David. But Michal was, he says, the Bible says she was looking through the window and she despised him in her heart. He says, and David, he says, and distributed among all the people the whole multitude of Israel, both to men and women, to each a cake of bread, a portion of meat, and a cake of raisins. So all the people now departed each to his house. Then David returned to bless his household. Look at that. You see, David had heard of how the ark of God has blessed someone in his house. And he has managed to bring this ark. So he knows that there's so much anointing upon him because he succeeded in bringing this. And so he returned to his own house to bless his household. To bless his household. And you see, a lot of times, you see, these things happen to pastors' wives, pastors' brothers, people who are very friendly with pastors, and pastors' church members, his own church members. Sometimes, you see, they are blessed from, they are blessed when someone comes with, you know, certain dignity. You know, some, you know, you're wearing a robe, you know, like a robe with a thing around your waist, priestly looking, you see, or someone who comes with a big jewelry, you know, and things like that. You see, and maybe some nice crocodile skin shoes, you know, with a crocodile belt, skin and you see, those things, do you see? But your pastor who is here, oh, as for pastor, is just making us laugh. Do you see? Yeah, you see? You don't even say Reverend Bride, Reverend B, you see? Mercy. Do you see? You see, also he say that he has come, he has come with the anointing to bless his house, to bless his own household. To bless his own household. David, you see, he says, and David returned to bless his household. And his wife, Micah, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. So as David was coming, she, she was descending the stairs. You see how the, when the woman is angry, she is coming to face him. Like, she will come, he will come and meet me here. Maybe she, she came and then she stood by the door like this. He says, and his wife, Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how, like this, listen to this. How glorious was the king of Israel today, who stripped himself of his kingly robes and uncovered himself in the eyes of his servants' mates. You see, the women, they have a way of talking. There were a lot of men, there were a lot of men and women, but he says, he uncovered himself in front of his servants' mates. Like in front of the maid servants, in front of the girls. 
Why are you always talking to the women? Why don't you talk to the men? Why are you? And then you are talking to the men and the women. Do you understand? Yeah. You see, pastor's wife can fall into that. Amen. So he says, and David said, he says, and how glorious was the king of Israel today who stripped himself of his kingly robes and uncovered himself in the eyes of his servant's maid as one of the worthless fellows shameless uncovers, shamelessly uncovers himself as one of the worthless fellows. The other scripture, I think the, verse, um, the New Living Translation says as one of the riffraffs. That is how Michal described David. David said to Michal, it was before the Lord. Oh, look at the poor pastor. He said, it was before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his house to appoint me as a prince over Israel. (laughs) The man was also giving it to her. (laughs) You know about dignity? You know about kingly and priestly? And you know about how kings and priests should comport themselves? It was the Lord who chose me above your father and all your household all the people in your house the Lord bypassed all of them and came to this riffraff and chose me and appointed me as a prince over Israel and the people of the Lord therefore will I make merry in pure enjoyment before the Lord therefore will I make merry in pure enjoyment before the Lord so David danced shamelessly he says i will he says i will be still more lightly esteemed than this and will humble and lower myself in my own sight and yours but by the maids you mentioned i will be held in honor for those maids that you are talking about that i strip myself dancing in front of them i will be held in honor and listen to this Look at a woman who was just at the point of receiving her time of visitation. Her time of visitation to receive blessings. Blessings that was going to go to the fruit of the womb. Blessings that was going to bless her children and her children's children. The Bible says, and Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no child to the day of her death. Because she missed her time of visitation. Because as it was coming, it says that David returned to bless her household. Who was in a who was in a house? At Michal. Hallelujah. To bless her household. Amen. He says, until you until you say, Blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord, you will not see me. And the one that comes in the name of the Lord, it may be in an earthen vessel. It may not look like the form that you want. He may not dance like a dignified pastor. He may not dance like a dignified king. He may not speak like the way you would expect. But do not let your expectation kill your time of expectation, your time of visitation. Don't let your own expectation, don't let how and when it should be delivered. Don't let your expectations that it should be done at this time. Whilst I am young, I am hoping that this will happen at this stage. I should have this job at this time. It says that the time that I have appointed, it is the perfect time. Hallelujah. It is a perfect time. Amen. And I see your time of visitation also coming. I say, I see your time of visitation coming. Your time of visitation is also coming. As you continually, as you routinely, as you perform your duties and excelling and abounding, 
I see your time of visitation coming in the name of Jesus. May your time of visitation come and may you not miss your time of visitation. May you not close your eyes when your time of visitation is here. May your time of visitation not bypass you in the name of Jesus. That day of trouble shall come to pass also. He says, and it came to pass. Every scripture, he says, and it came to pass. Everything shall come to pass. Everything shall come to pass. And I see your time of visitation also come. Stand onto your feet and let us bring the service to a close. Oh, yes. Your time of visitation is also coming. Your time of visitation is also coming. He says, seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. He says, ask for the Lord for the rain in the time of spring. In the time of the latter rain, ask for the Lord. Ask the Lord for rain. Zechariah 10 and verse 1. He says, ask the Lord for the rain. In the time of the rain, in the time of the latter rain, because your season is easy when you ask the Lord when it is your season. Your season is also here. Your time of visitation is here. Your season of visitation is here. Let it not bypass you. Let it not bypass you. Oh, Jesus. Let us not miss our time of visitation. When it comes, may we not miss it. May we not miss our time of visitation. He said, the vision is yet for an appointed time. Oh, Jesus. The vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall come. It shall come. I shall come. At the end, it shall come. Oh, yes. It shall speak. It shall speak. It shall come and it shall speak. And you will hear. The appointed time comes. The appointed time. And when it comes, may it speak and may you hear. It says that though it tarry, wait for it. For it shall surely come. It shall surely come. Though it tarry, wait for it. Though it tarry, wait for it. It tarry, but wait for it. It shall speak and it shall not lie. It shall speak and it shall not lie. Yes, 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 yes. The vision is yet for an appointed time. It is for an appointed time. Your appointed time is also coming. Your appointed time is also coming. Yes. Jesus, I want to be more like. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be a person. Your time of visitation. Knowing that knowing the times and the seasons. Yes. I wanna be, I want to be. Oh yes, Lord. I wanna be like you. This one too shall pass. This one too shall pass. It shall come. Everything wanna be more and it came to pass. And it came to pass. You shall remember no more. These people, you shall see them no more. I wanna be more like. I wanna be a vessel. You were true. I wanna be more, Lord. I wanna be a vessel. You were true. You were through. I, I, I wanna be more like you. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for all that you have shared with us through these few weeks. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for the understanding that has come. We thank you, Lord. It has set us in a place where our walk with you is at a different level. Father, it has caused us to understand your ways. It has caused us to understand why you withhold certain things and why you give certain things at certain times. Oh God, Father, we know that you have plans concerning our lives. You say you have plans concerning each one of us. And you say each one of us would also bring forth our fruits in our own seasons. Father, we know that our time of visitation is coming. We know there is a time that we will call our time of fruitfulness. Our season of bearing fruit. Our season is also coming. Oh Lord, we are grateful and we are thankful that nothing is here to stay permanently. Father, we know we can trust in your way. We thank you, Lord, for this revelation. I want to be more like you. If there's anyone here tonight, you are not born again. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to walk with Jesus. You want Jesus to come into your life. You want to invite Jesus Christ into your life with all eyes closed and every head bowed. If that is you, you say, I want Jesus to come into my life. If that is you, lift up your hand wherever you are and I'll pray with you. You are here tonight. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. You are not born again, but you don't want to live here not having Jesus Christ with you. You say, Pastor, pray with me. Pray with me. I want to receive Jesus Christ. If that is you, lift up your right hand. With all eyes closed, every head bowed, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join me and say this with me and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I have sinned against you. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you shed your blood for me. I believe you rose again on the third day. Lord Jesus, tonight, please forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. Take control of my life. Be my master. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Lord Jesus, I take you as my personal Savior. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.